BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And we do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk. It's going to be a news roundup day here today on the program, and we're thankful that you've joined us to stay informed on a number of issues. I'd like to begin today. Uh, we had a guest uh, earlier this week that referred to uh, December 1st as being a day in which uh, all countries had to declare uh, exemption from this new WHO pandemic treaty that's for the World Health Organization, uh, or they are going to be a part of this. Um, I have uh, independently tried to find information that would substantiate that. I've not come up with it yet. I did contact the guest uh, who made that statement, and uh, as of uh, the start of this program today, have not had response to it. But uh, I did find uh, that in regard to this, that COP28, that's the Conference of Parties, the Climate Change Convention, did get started on November 30th. And also found, though, as it relates to this pandemic treaty, that the international negotiating body, they're known as the INB, for this pandemic treaty is actually having their seventh meeting coming up on December 4th, 5th, and 6th, just a few days from now, uh, to work on the draft for the final proposal, an eighth meeting scheduled for February 19th through March 1st, the ninth meeting scheduled for March 18th through 29th. But the World Health Assembly will not be... uh, Uh, engaged until May of 2024. It's our understanding that at this point, the final draft will be ready and nations will have to determine whether to sign onto it or not. Our guest indicated, no, that it was not the case. They had to preempt themselves to begin with. I do not find that my independent research and have spoken to some uh, others on this. And uh, if that changes, certainly we'll let you know uh, in regard to that matter. But uh, Uh, There is drafting going on in the next couple of days on that very treaty. Well, friends, as we uh, continue with our news roundup today, we'd like to mention from Jihad Watch, Secretary of State Blinken visited Israel seemingly in part to push for an extension of the ceasefire. But friends, you no doubt have heard the news since that time that rockets fired by Hamas triggered the end to this week-long pause in the Gaza, fighting in the early hours of Friday morning, CBN reports. The war restarted after Israel accused the terror group of violating the truce agreement. Well, after Hamas began firing rockets into southern Israel, the Israel Defense Forces resumed bombing in Gaza City. The renewed fighting now puts the release of the remaining hostages on hold, During the halt in the fighting, more than 100 hostages were freed, the CBN reports. On Thursday, 10 more Israeli hostages were released. Israel had wanted all the women and children to be set free, yet with the resumption of the fighting and the breakdown in negotiations, the fate of nearly 140 hostages due uh, as far as remaining in uh, captivity uh, still remains unknown. Washington Free Beacon is reporting that Hamas has only used 10 to 12 percent of its military arsenal During its two-month-long war against Israel, that uh, number is according to the Iranian official. I don't know that that can be believed or not, but uh, they said that they would have no problem resuming, resuming the missile strikes against the Jewish state. Washington Free Beacon reporting Ronnie Crivoli managed to escape from terrorists who held him hostage in the Gaza Strip, but... Ordinary Gazans returned him to his captors, as Ann said on Monday. The revelation, which followed Hamas's release of Krivoy on Sunday, along with 13 other Israeli hostages, was the latest evidence that ordinary Palestinians have enabled Hamas's terrorism against Israel during and since October 7th. Krivoy was uh, working as a sound tech at the Nova Music Festival in southern Israel on October 7th when Gazan terrorists stormed the event. I've been seeing on various sources uh, pertaining to the uh, the horrible treatment of children uh, that were held in as hostages. Uh, This from the Jerusalem Post, October 7th, Hamas terrorists kidnapped children on motorcycles and were trained to create a specific sign on their bodies. They would put one of the children's legs on the motorcycle exhaust unit. In in addition, according to the uncle of two of these children, hostages were freed. They were drugged. Uh, That's according to a report on N12. 
According to the plan published on N12, the kidnappers would recognize that the children belong to them by this specific sign. Beyond just marking a part of the body, a practice that revives traumatic memories from grim periods in history, the children were re- repeatedly drugged and shuffled from one location to another. Fox News also reporting a former Israeli Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, confirmed the details of the branding on social media platform X, saying, We now know that Hamas terrorists who held hostage 13-year-old Yagel Yaakov and his brother Or used a boiling hot motorcycle exhaust to imprint a burn on their legs as a way to identify them if they tried to escape. He said, let me repeat, they took a boiling piece of metal and pinned it to the legs of a helpless 13-year-old captive child, he added. When a user pressed him for evidence of the claim, he said he met with the children and saw their scars. From Breitbart, Israeli President Isaac Herzog told Twitter, uh, uh, slash X owner Elon Musk, that his platform needed to do more to fight and combat anti-Jewish hate on Monday as a tech guru visited Israel on a goodwill visit. Earlier, Musk met with the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, toured the community of Kfar Aiza as well, which was one of the hardest-hit Israeli communities. In his meeting with Herzog, Musk also met with the family members of Israel uh, Israeli hostages. From townhall.com, on Tuesday night, the House voted 412 to 1 and another 1 on reaffirming the state of Israel's right to exist. The resolution was offered by Representative Mike Lawler. It also specifically recognizes that denying Israel's right to exist as a form of anti-Semitism rejects calls for Israel's destruction and condemns the Hamas-led attack on Israel. Representative Thomas Massey voted against the resolution. Representative Rashida Tlaib voted present. Ten Democrats and 11 Republicans did not vote on that resolution. Well, Senate Minority, rather Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, ripped the political left in a speech from the Senate floor on Wednesday over its overt anti-Semitism in the days following the October 7th attack. And uh, Schumer, who is Jewish, said as the highest-ranking elected Jew in U.S. history, he felt compelled to speak out about what is happening and about anti-Semitism that Jews have experienced worldwide throughout history. He spoke for somewhere close to 40 minutes, but here's just a brief excerpt. I want to describe the fears and anxieties of many Jewish Americans right now, particularly after October 7th, who feel there are aspects of the debate around Israel and Gaza that are crossing over into anti-Semitism, rank anti-Semitism, with Jewish people, simply being targeted for being Jewish, having nothing to do with Israel. I want to explain, through the lens of history, why this is so dangerous. The normalization and exacerbation of this rise in hate is the danger many Jewish people fear most. And finally, I want to suggest how and why I hope that all Americans of goodwill can come together and do a better job of condemning such views and such behavior. But first, let us establish the facts. There's no question that anti-Semitism is a serious problem in America. In general, Jewish Americans represent 2% of the U.S. population, yet we are the targets of 55% of all religion-based hate crimes recorded by the FBI. This problem has been steadily worsening in recent years. But after Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th, hate crimes against Jewish Americans have skyrocketed. The Anti-Defamation League estimates that anti-Semitic incidents have increased nearly 300% since October 7th. The NYPD has recorded a 214% increase in New York City. And after October 7th, Jewish Americans are feeling singled out targeted, and isolated. He went on lengthy in that address, but he did go on to say, uh, gave certain specific incidents. He said, after October 7th, when boycotts were organized against Jewish businesses in Philadelphia and have nothing to do with Israel, he said, that is anti-Semitism. After October 7th, when swastikas appeared on Jewish delis in the Upper East Side, that is anti-Semitism. After October 7th, when protesters in California shouted at Jewish Americans, Hitler should have smashed you, that is anti-Semitism. 
After October 7th, when a Jewish U.S. senator was violently threatened for her views on Israel, that is anti-Semitism. After October 7th, when students on college campuses across the country who wear a yarmulke or display a Jewish star are harassed, verbally vilified, pushed, or even spat upon and punched, that is anti-Semitism. After October 7th, when an author in a prominent left-wing magazine labeled the pro-Israel rally in Washington a hate rally, that is anti-Semitism. After October 7th, when students at Hillcrest High School in Queens ran rampant in the hallways and demanded the firing of a teacher just because attended a rally supporting Israel and forced her to hide in a locked office for hours while staff struggled to regain control, that is anti-Semitism. That's from a speech from Chuck Schumer. From the Patriot Journal, and uh, who are quoting the Daily Wire, far-left extremist Greta Thunberg Facing backlash after she was captured chanting Crush Zionism at a recent pro-Palestinian rally in Sweden. Crush Zionism is an explicit call to destroy Israel's right to exist as a Jewish state and is considered to be extremely anti-Semitic. From One American News Network, thousands of people gathered in the streets of London to partake in a march against anti-Semitism. Many famous faces, including the former U.K. Prime Minister Boris Johnson, participated, showing their support. On Sunday, more than 100,000 people turned out to be the largest protest against anti-Semitism in London since 1936. And uh, let's see, from the Daily Mail, a United Airlines pilot has been removed from service with pay after posting dozens of messages on Facebook expressing support from Ham- for Hamas in the aftermath of the group's barbaric assault on Israel that killed 1,200 people on October 7th. How would you like to fly aboard his plane? United pilot Ibrahim Mosalam uh, described the attack on civilians across southern Israel as resistance by brave people who've endured decades of occupation, oppression, humiliation, apartheid, and straight-up murder. The disgraced pilot also argued that the attack on Israel was not provoked, but rather was a response to years of attacks by the Zionist regime. Well, on Tuesday, United told DailyMail.com that Mosalem was taken out of service with pay as an investigation is carried out, the carrier said that Masalam was only removed from service on November 20th. That was the same day that his social media post became public knowledge. Well, friends, in other news, uh, Newsmax.com reporting the House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer told Newsmax that the deputy federal prosecutor subpoenaed by a different committee is believing to have shut down four different investigations into corruption allegations involving President Joe Biden. Comer joined Rob Schmidt tonight to talk about the prowess with which the Assistant Attorney General for Delaware, Leslie Wolf, halted four agencies in their pursuit of allegations of Biden family corruption, saying all roads lead to Leslie Wolf. House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan summoned Wolf to testify in front of his committee coming up on December 7th. Uh, A quote here from Comer said, we know the IRS was investigating the Bidens that was halted and the road leads to Leslie Wolf. We know the FBI was investigating the Bidens and all roads lead to Leslie Wolf calling that out. We know other U.S. attorneys were looking into the Biden corruption and by all accounts, Leslie Wolf called that off. We know that the National Archives looking into the Bidens mishandling of classified documents. That was told by someone in the Justice Department to stand down, to not cooperate with the House Oversight Committee and myself. And we believe that person was Leslie Wolf. Back in just a moment, you're listening to a News Roundup Day on Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, how can some lizards walk and even hang upside down on very smooth surfaces? Chris, this is an amazing feat. Consider the gecko, which can stick to almost any surface, even a polished pane of glass. It attaches itself by tiny hairs on its feet, which are so tiny they're packed at about 500 per square inch. Each hair exerts a tiny chemical force which is attracted to the glass surface, and together they support the weight of the lizard. By curling and uncurling the toes, the lizards can break this bond and move on and take another step. You know, often engineers notice an ability in animals and attempt to mimic it in engineering design. And that's what they're trying to do in this case. Maybe by modeling the gecko lizard, we can even have Spider-Man clinging to smooth surfaces. Such things are possible if you go back to Genesis for your starting point. 
Thanks for joining us for Back to Genesis. It's the News Roundup Day here on Crosstalk, and we thank you for joining us, uh, sharing just a number of issues that are going on. And uh, friends, just uh, let me remind you, um, certainly uh, don't let the blood pressure go up. Uh, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as a world giveth give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And friends, we trust that uh, you would keep your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, despite the turmoil that uh, we are in as a nation and uh, in the world as well, to keep your eyes firmly fixed on the Lord Jesus. We continue to keep you informed on pressing issues because we uh, do want to be informed. We want to be understanding of the times. We do want to sense that urgency we have to be salt and light in this world around us. Looking at a story from Newsmax, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer told Newsmax Tuesday night that the investigation into the Biden family corruption will be conducted like every other congressional investigation in history. Deposition first, then a public hearing. Comer uh, reacted to the news from earlier in the, the day that the president's son, Hunter Biden, would only appear before the committee at a public hearing, not a deposition. Comer had two things to say about that. First, Hunter Biden's deposition will be recorded and released publicly. And second, Hunter Biden will be held in contempt of Congress if he doesn't show up for the deposition on December 13th. From just the news, House progressives and conservatives are teaming up to call on Congress not to reauthorize the FISA, that's the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, that expires in one month by tying it to the defense spending bill. From Breitbart, a secretive surveillance initiative managed by the White House grants law enforcement agencies unprecedented access to trillions of American phone records, raising significant privacy and legal concerns. A Wired investigation has revealed a secret White House surveillance program that permits federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies to access an extensive array of U.S. phone records known as Data Analytical Services, DAS. The program functions in partnership with telecom giant AT&T. The deal not only involves direct phone contacts of criminal suspects, but also extends to their social networks as well, snooping on individuals who have not been suspected of any criminal activity at all. For over a decade, DAS has been tracking more than a trillion domestic phone records annually. Again, that story in Breitbart. The Federalist is reporting that Special Counsel Jack Smith hunted information on ex-users who liked or retweeted posts published by former President Donald Trump. That's according to redacted search warrants and other documents released Monday. According to the heavily redacted document issued to then-Twitter in January, the court ordered the social media giant to forfeit a bevy of information regarding Trump's account, including advertising information, including advertising IDs, ad activity, ad topic preferences, as well as IP addresses used to create login and use of the account and privacy and account settings. The warrant also demand, uh, demanded information such as Trump's search history, direct messages, and content of all treat, uh, tweets uh, created, drafted, favored, liked, or retweeted by his account from October 2020 to January of 2021. Well, listening friend, Representative George Santos has been expelled from Congress. Todd Starnes reports more than two-thirds of the House of Representatives voted Friday, that's this morning, to expel Representative Santos, who was indicted by federal prosecutors in New York on corruption charges. He's not been convicted of a crime. Here's what took place in the House. Uh, this is uh, Speaker Johnson. The yeas are 311, the nays are 114, with two recorded as present. Two-thirds voting in the affirmative, the resolution is adopted, and a motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. The clerk will notify the governor of the state of New York of the action of the House. Under Clause 5D of Rule 20, the chair announces to the House that in light of the expulsion of the gentleman from New York, Mr. Santos, the whole number of the House is now 434. That occurred just this morning. He becomes only the sixth congressman to be removed from office. So right now, 434 congressmen. The Daily Caller reporting former Justice, uh, Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor died today at the age of 93. 
She passed away due to complications from advanced dementia, probably Alzheimer's and a respiratory respiratory illness, the court said in a statement. O'Connor was the first female justice in the nation's history appointed to the bench by President Ronald Reagan. She retired in 2006, best known for perhaps her decisive vote in the 1992 case Planned Parenthood versus Casey, a decision that reaffirmed the right to abortion that law overturned in 2022. Also, as reported earlier this week, former Secretary of State Harry or Henry Kissinger dies at the age of 100. The Washington Free Beacon reporting Senate Republicans are moving on legislation that would redesignate the Iran-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen as a terrorist organization, citing the group's missile attacks on a U.S. warship as an alarming escalation. The Washington Free Beacon has learned. It was legislation led by Senator Ted Cruz and six Republican colleagues that uh, will reapply all sanctions on the Houthis that will were lifted in 2021 when the Biden administration took office and also had removed the Iran-sponsored rebel group from the U.S. terror list. From American military news, the daughter of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has received a new official title, the Morning Star of Korea, that seemingly cast her as the heir apparent to succeed her father, residents in the country told Radio Free Asia. From Fox News, a group of five senators have written to President Biden demanding that he implement a travel ban on China due to an alarming spike in an unknown respiratory illness inside the communist nation. The letter calls for Biden to immediately restrict uh, travel between the U.S. and China until more information is gathered about the dangers posted by the new illness. China has uh, seen a rise in unexplained childhood pneumonia cases and other respiratory illnesses. Citing China's long history of lying about public health crises, the lawmakers called for swift action to be taken to protect the health of Americans and the economy. From LifeSiteNews.com, the U.S. military could owe billions in back pay and legal fees depending on the outcome of three class action lawsuits filed on behalf of service members who alleged that they were wrongfully discharged for refusing the COVID shot. Among the claims made by the plaintiffs say that the military could not legally mandate vaccines issued under emergency use authorization, as was the case with the COVID-19 shots, and that it was nearly impossible for service members requesting a religious exemption to have those exemptions approved. Dale Saran, who is the lead attorney for the plaintiffs, told Fox Business that his legal team represents basically everybody who got kicked out, discharged, or dropped to the individual ready response as a result of not taking the vaccine. This could include more than 100,000 former service members. Regardless of the actual number, the U.S. Army is trying to get members who were involuntarily discharged to re-enlist. They're not meeting their recruitment goals, trying to get them back in. Well, meanwhile, there could be uh, billions that are owed to service members and their families under the class action suit. American Military News reporting a U.S. Naval Medical Service Corps whistleblower recently disclosed information from the Department of Defense that reportedly shows a major increase in military pilots with heart-related issues after the implementation of the COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, That's a quote from the story. Navy Medical uh, Service Corps Lieutenant Ted Macy, who is an active duty officer, a Navy health administrator, and a medical recruiter, shared the information Monday in a video on X. In the video, Macy claimed that the U.S. military has has experienced a major increase in heart disease issues with helicopter and fixed-wing pilots. Macy claimed that the Defense Department data shows a 937% increase in heart failure, a 152% increase in cardiomyopathy, 69% increase in ischemic heart disease, 62% increase in pulmonary heart disease, 36% increase in hypertensive disease, and a 63% increase in other forms of heart disease compared to the five-year average before the year 2022. From Todd Starn, celebrating Christmas could be a form, well, be seen as a form of religious intolerance. That's according to the Canadian Human Rights Commission. They cited Christmas and Easter as examples of what they called present-day systemic religious discrimination. Because Christmas and Easter are the only Canadian statutory holidays linked to religious holy days, the report argues that as a result, non-Christians may need to request special accommodations to observe their holy days and other times of the year where their religion requires them to abstain from work, the Christian Post reports. 
blaming it all on the early colonials who settled in Canada and by colonialist. It's part of a global trend where people of European descent are being targeted and their heritage and their religious beliefs. From the New American, uh, let's see, in Russia, lawmakers are now advancing landmark legislation that would prohibit the adoption of the country's children by citizens of countries that allow sex changes, a measure its proponents say would protect children and ensure that they are raised by normal families. Thus, the policy would go in line with Russia's ban on adoption by same-sex couples, which has also been in place since the year 2013. Looking at townhall.com on Thursday, Russia's Supreme Court outlawed LGBTQ plus activism. Going forward, LGBTQ plus activists will be designated as extremists. Last year, President Vladimir Putin reportedly stated that the West adopted rather strange, in my view, newfangled trends like dozens of genders and gay parades, he said, and indicated that Russia would not follow suit. Very interesting. Uh, a listener out of uh, Great Britain made us aware, and as a matter of fact, sent us an email about the apostasy going on in Britain, calling to light the a center, the Oak Tree Center, used to be a good Baptist church there, he says, now has a venue for an LGBTQ plus support group. He said it began uh, as a Baptist church, but it, it went seeker-friendly. He comments that once a church starts to loosen its hold on the truth, it can end up like ancient Israel, uncleanness in the house of the Lord. But indeed, in this uh, what was to be the Baptist church, now known as the Oak Tree Center, the group is... Uh, Free to attend uh, a safe place where members of the LGBTQ plus community can meet to socialize, get advice, as well as mental health support. And friends, we don't have to go across ocean waters to see the compromise that has taken place. Because right here in the United States of America, there is a concert series known as the Grace Concert Series presenting a drag queen going by the name of Flamey Grant. Flamey Grant, a shame-slang, hip-swing, singing, song-written queen. The comedy queen with a blistering voice, Flamey Grant, a gospel and roots musician from the Bible Belt, who will move you, soothe you, help you heal some trauma, and always leave you laughing. Flamey's 2022 debut record, Bible Belt Baby, the world's first full-length contemporary Christian album by a drag performer. Friends, it's outrageous. Flamey drags you into the therapeutic theatrical mix of music and storytelling. Armed with a bold lip and a blistering voice, Flamey is proof positive that nothing is sacred, but everything is holy. Shame belongs in the closet, and you are a brilliant, resilient person ready to take on the world. It is outrageous, folks, that this is taking place. Flamey Grant, and uh, in a concert series uh, taking place in... Uh, this would be the state of uh, Virginia at a uh, Baptist church there. And uh, diversity, uh, let's see, diversity Richmond being a part of this. It's the Grace Baptist Church, part of the Grace Concert Series in Richmond. There's a word Scripture talks about with that. The word is Ichabod. The glory of God has departed. Friends, I'll have more to share on this issue right after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk. VCY invites you to obtain an audio recording of the Gospel According to John as narrated by Brad Canterbury. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John's Gospel, presenting the words of Jesus, the way of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever... You can share this as a gift or for listening over and over on your daily commute. VCY America is making available this narrated Gospel of John on two CDs for a donation of $12. Call during business hours, 1-800-729-9829. That's 800-729-9829. But these are written 
that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. This is Crosstalk on VCY America and a news roundup day today on the broadcast, uh, keeping you informed on a number of issues that are taking place and how shameful, how shameful, um, blasphemous uh, for this Baptist church to hold this drag concert, in my opinion. And it's also blasphemous and shameful to what we learned is uh, taking place uh, for sale at... uh, uh, this was from the what we understand to be the Barnes and Noble website, and that is a modern standard version Holy Bible Pride Edition. Holy Bible Pride Edition. Anglo-Saxon words such as sin and hell, which are not Hebrew or Greek words, have been replaced case by case with the proper English words. They report on their promo. Also, there were six scriptures known as the clobber scriptures that have been used to hate, condemn, and exclude the LGBTQ plus community. These six passages have nothing to do with homosexuality, they say. Yet the reason why they claim to do those things is because they say they hate sin. It's not sin they hate, it's homosexuals. They do not put forth the same kind of energy and anything else they call sin. Scripture should never be used to give people a license to become gatekeepers or modern-day Pharisees. The MSV, that's a modern standard version, is the world's first truly inclusive and affirming Bible. Shameful. Shameful. From the Daily Signal, a new rule in the HHS administration for children and families would apply the idea that any lack of affirmative Uh, You know, giving the head uh, affirmation constitutes a form of child abuse to foster care placements. Once the idea takes root in foster care, child protective services agencies might start applying it more broadly. The Daily Signal says that the rule would reinterpret the Social Security Act that requires agencies to ensure that each child in foster care receives safe and proper care. And before agencies place a child with a foster parent known as a provider, that person must establish an environmental, rather an environment free of hostility, mistreatment, or abuse based on the child's LGBTQ plus I status, receiving training to be prepared uh, with the appropriate knowledge and skills to provide for the needs of the child related to the child's self-identified sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, and must be able to facilitate the child's access to age-appropriate resources, services, and activities that support their health and well-being. Friends, this is a rule that's been proposed for the Health and Human Services. They have taken public comments. It's before HHS right now to go through all these comments and then do what they're going to do with this rule. As the Ethics and Public Policy Center's Rachel Morrison pointed out, for the Federalist Society, the rule does not define hostility, mistreatment, or abuse. However, it does clarify that a provider who attempted to undermine, suppress, or change the sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender gender expression of a child, including through the use of so-called conversion therapy, would not be a safe and appropriate placement. From Just the News, Arizona's largest school district flouting state law and its own governing board by covertly instructing students how to assert a different gender identity at school without their parents knowing and hiding evidence of its misdeeds, according to an outspoken member of the board. Former Trump aide Stephen Miller's American First Legal is representing Rachel Walden in the Maricopa County Superior Court lawsuit against Mesa Public Schools and the superintendent Andy Forlis which alleges they schemed to circumvent the Arizona Parents' Bill of Rights after the community learned it was blocking parental notification. Also from the post-millennial, we learned that on Saturday, this past Saturday, parental rights group uh, Moms for Liberty posted pictures of a package they received in the mail that contained letters that students from a Seattle middle school allegedly made in class, claiming that the organization was bullying LGBTQ youth. The package had a return address of SPS, Seattle Public Schools, 
and also the uh, JSCEE, the John Sanford Center for Educational Excellence, the headquarters of the district. In the package were cards that appeared to be drawn by children directly calling out the organization with phrases such as say gay, gay is slay, stop being a rat, and stop bullying and excluding LGBTQ youth. Same messages were repeated on multiple cards. A letter was in the enclosed packaging from Ann Christensen, a social studies teacher and coordinator of the Gay Street Alliance at Jane Addams Middle School in Seattle. The letter read, Dear Moms for Liberty, please read the enclosed cards from concerned middle school students in Seattle, Washington. Seattle Public Schools told the post-millennial statement that the, they are dedicated to fostering, welcoming, inclusive, and identity-safe environments for all students. I also said the material was sent as an independent activity, not part of the school curriculum. Well, and when you look at the school curriculum, folks, according to the Jane Adams Middle School report card from Washington State's Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction, 38.6% of the students failed to meet the grade level in English. Almost half the students failed to meet the grade level in mathematics. 34.2% failed to meet the grade level in standards in science. Many questioned the school was spending too much time on social justice causes and not on academics. According to HotAir.com, leftists at the University of Iowa preparing for a trans day of revenge. According to flyers advertising the December 8th event, The flyers were shared by the conservative group Young Americans Foundation. Following Chloe Cole's presentation at the University of Iowa in October, multiple protesters were arrested for blocking traffic outside the event. Cole is a victim of radical gender ideology. She is a detransitioner. In response to police enforcing the law, leftists are using a flyer of a masked figure beating Herky the Hawk with a spike bat to push the December 8th Trans Day of Revenge event. The flyer instructs attendees to cover their face and their hair. Western Journal reports that many former fans are toying with the idea of a boycott since word started circulating on social media about Kellogg's Fruit Loops, promoting a digital library with equity, diversity, and inclusion content advertised on boxes of the cereal in Canada. Let's loop together, celebrate the diversity that makes our world colorful, the message on the boxes proclaimed in both English and French. The digital library website, co-sponsored by the Boys and Girls Clubs of Canada, allows limited access to all users who confirm that they're at least 13 years old and additional access with a code found inside the specially marked boxes of Fruit Loops. One of the titles on the more general website includes Loop Together on Gender Empowerment that says we are so much more than our gender identity and the expectations that come with it. Explore content. Explore content to help empower everyone to be their own unique selves. And Wokeness, a social media account with nearly 2 million followers, was one of the first to alert parents to the campaign, writing, quote, Fruit Loops is now encouraging kids to go online and read their free library of woke propaganda. Looking at townhall.com, President Joe Biden celebrated Transgender Day of Remembrance to grieve 26 transgender Americans killed in 2023. During the press conference, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said, year after year, we see these victims are disproportionately black, women and women of color. No one should face violence or live in fear or be discriminated against simply for being themselves, end of quote. However, three of the 26 transgender victims that the Biden White House idolized died while attacking innocent bystanders, they report. According to the Federalists, the three transgender people were shot and killed while committing a crime or refusing to cooperate with law enforcement. From foxnews.com, an internal U.S. Customs and Border Protection memo obtained by the Heritage Foundation's Oversight Project and shared with Fox News Digital prohibits agents from using he, him, she, her pronouns when initially interacting with members of the public. Oversight Project Director Mike Howell told the Fox News Digital in Interview Tuesday that the members of the public who Border Patrol agents most often interact with are illegal migrants. Border Patrol deals with more illegal aliens than any entity in the federal government. This forced language guidance designed to coddle illegal aliens, Howell said. I guess it wasn't enough for the Biden administration to betray, betray the Border Patrol by purposefully unleashing chaos on the southern border. He said now the radical political leadership is enrolling agents in a special speech program to call illegal aliens by their preferred pronouns. 
and the Christian Post reporting a trans-identified Illinois man, an alleged self-described pedophile, is facing charges for making social media threats to sexually assault Christian girls and commit copycat attacks similar to the attack at the Christian school in Tennessee earlier this year. Jason Lee Willie of Nashville, Illinois, charged with November 7th in U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Illinois with 14 felony counts of interstate communication of a threat to injure, according to a federal indictment. Among the alleged threats cited in the indictments are threats to bomb churches. And from FoxNews.com, the, God, uh, the uh, Godly Texas School District removed a woman appointed to assist with deciding things like age-appropriate material for sex ed, after learning she was a convicted prostitute, Fox 4 Dallas-Fort Worth reported that the woman identified as Ashley Ketterside, who uh, uh, that's Ketterside, also advertises online as an escort with one site listing one of the, her, person, her personas as active last month. The issue raises concerns for others about background checks in the, the uh, Godly Independent School District and, and across the state, according to the news station report. Well, friends, I would like to uh, open our phone lines if you'd like to comment on these or other current event stories. I've had a lot of stories. I've got a lot more before me we're not going to get to today. But if you'd like to comment on uh, any of these stories that we presented here today, other current event stories are number 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. LifeNews.com reporting Operation Rescue's 2022 annual survey revealed a colossal 88 abortion clinic closures in 2023. Um, 88 total closures. In 2023, another 49 closed or halted abortions for a total of 137 clinic closures in the last two years. Currently, 14 states are abortion-free, with laws in place that protect incalculable numbers of innocent babies from being murdered in the womb. And uh, we also understand that uh, this, the first six months of this year of 2023, a study uh, finds that uh, since uh, the, the, um, uh, this year, some 32,000 births in states that uh, otherwise would have been aborted. Let's go to the phone lines here today on Crosstalk. We begin with uh, Sharon in Milwaukee. Hi, Sharon. You're on the air. Yes. You had questions about the deadlines, December 1st, for the World Health Organization. Yes. I In my files on my computer, I have something from September 29th, 2023. I don't know the man, but it's James, R-O-G, U-S-K-I, dot substack, dot com. Okay, and? It says an open letter to world leaders, and he gives all the information about why September or December 1st is the deadline for stopping this. Okay. His phone number to contact yeah, him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I can't have you give out the phone number here over the air, but uh, I, 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 yeah. I follow a number of people who have uh, been engaged with World Health Organization material and uh, uh, even uh, speaking with uh, one yesterday who could not substantiate a December 1st. So there, there may be something there. We just haven't found evidence for it. If, if you want to forward that to us here, uh, VCY at VCYAmerica.org. All right, VCY. VCY. Thank yep. Thank you for the call here, Sharon. VCY at VCYAmerica.org. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back to more of your phone calls here today on Crosstalk. Again, our number is 800 733 9829. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. We have a big problem, folks. Christianity is being criminalized greater than ever before. And it's not just Christians. It's those that are speaking Christian truths. You know, the Bible talks about laws and what to do with criminals. It talks about borders. It talks about defending the innocent. And we have some people out there that are talking who maybe are not Christians. But what they're saying is backing up Christian values, and they're being prosecuted. What am I talking about? People on social media talking about violent crimes against Jews, talking about the 
intrusion of illegal immigrants into their country, whether it's in the UK or Ireland. They're not speaking words of hate or violence against anyone. They're speaking words of truth about defending innocent life and borders. That's a Christian worldview issue. And yet some of them have now been arrested, are being charged with hate crimes. It is now a war on the Christians and the Jews. This is Crosstalk on VCY America, and time to hear from you on uh, your comments on these and other current event issues. Tom is next in Toma, Wisconsin. Tom, you're on the air. Uh, yes, I was calling to comment that the, the people who wrote that new Bible, did they change Revelation 22, 18, 19, mm-hmm. where it says don't change the Bible? <laughs> oh, good question. All right, thank you. Thank you for the call. Yeah, good thing to think about there. Uh, Kathy is next. Hi, Kathy, you're on the air. Uh, this is a short thing from VOM. Voice of the it Martyrs. Says, Please pray for believers inside of Gaza. Yeah. As the conflict intensifies, the impossibilities of death increase. There's a growing intentionality to share the gospel with friends and families. We have heard testimonies of those living in shelters because their homes have been damaged and are sharing boldly. There seems to be an openness, so God is working. God indeed is working. Thank you for sharing that, Kathy. And to be praying for those who are spreading the gospel and for believers to be bold in their faith. Uh, Our phone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. couple open lines here again. Clarksburg, West Virginia. Scott, you're on the air. Yeah, I wanted to uh, comment about Chuck Schumer's heartfelt speeches of, uh, in support of the Jews. I, I, I agree with a lot of the content, but uh, Chuck Schumer is also a Marxist that views white Christian conservatives as oppressors and domestic terrorists, and his uh, speeches may be more from pride of race than they are from actual compassion for uh, humanity. That's all I got. Okay, thank you, Scott. Uh, Doug is next in Ohio. Doug, you're on the air. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a deplorable, Jim, and I just wanted to read something real short. The Democratic Party is the world's most successful hate group. It attracts poor people who hate rich people, black people who hate white people, gay people who hate straight people, feminists who hate men, environmentalists who hate the internal combustion engine, and a lot of bratty college kids who hate their parents. However, the real secret of the party's success is that it attracts the support of journalists who hate Republicans and who therefore work tirelessly to convince the rest of us that we should vote for Democrats. Hmm. Thank you, sir. Okay, thanks for sharing your thoughts there. Our number, 800-733-9829. From uh, State of Iowa, we've got Billy calling. Billy, you're on the air. Hey, Brother Jim. Hey, I just thought it very odd when you mentioned a story about the lady that was a prostitute being in charge of the different things of the curriculum yeah, for the sec- children. Yeah, sex ed curricula. And it seems uh, when I had to get a concealed carry permit or even doing chaplaincy for the hospital, I had a very stringent background check. And it seems like um, is there a little bit less of a strict issue to see who has the actual connection with our children as far as, you know, what they're being taught, the content? Seems a little far-fetched, and somebody didn't come up to snuff. Yeah, thank you. Or maybe they did check her background, and that's who they wanted in there. Yeah, and I'm sure every school district has their own policies pertaining to that, or some states have their individual policies, but it's it's pretty disturbing. Yes, sir. Well, Lord bless you. Thank you, Billy. And you have a blessed end of the next new year. Great, and you as well. Thanks for calling. And uh, again, our number, 800-733-9829. By the way, the South Carolina Supreme Court has rejected... Planned Parenthood's challenge to their heartbeat law, and so that heartbeat law uh, continues to be upheld in South Carolina. And also there was a proposed amendment uh, to the Nevada Constitution uh, to bring about so-called reproductive freedom, uh, reproductive freedom amendments. And uh, this past week we saw the uh, Carson City District Judge James Russell has invalidated this proposed ballot initiative to embed this right to abortion into the Nevada Constitution, determining it was a clear-cut violation of the legal requirement for potential amendments to only cover one subject at a time. Uh, Gary in Mesa, Arizona, you're on the air. 
Oh, hi. Uh, I was going to say, you mentioned Rachel Walden, a uh, school board member. I, I, I'm familiar with her as a precinct committeeman, a Republican precinct committeeman, and uh, she was the only descending vote on that board from the meetings that I've attended. I will say that the half-a-billion-dollar bonding issue that uh, went forth here in Mesa a few weeks ago was defeated, uh, half a billion defeated. The override passed. But that uh, bonding issue failed, so there is some hope for us. We just have to pay attention and continue to participate in public square so people can see us and hear us. Indeed, indeed. Thank you so much for the call. And, uh, friends, indeed, being involved in the public segment, I was just talking uh, with an attorney this morning who indicated uh, the the, uh, turnaround that is happening in some school districts whereby Born-again believers are seeing the, 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 the fact that it's time to speak up and have run for school board races and having great success and, and turning the districts around on these policies that are coming forth. And uh, so oftentimes there are those who seek to exit all the public square, but uh, certainly we do see, even in scriptures itself, the uh, believers, uh, followers of God who, who were in, in, involved in the political climate of their time whether it be Nehemiah as the king's cupbearer who then went back to Jerusalem, a sense of patriotism to go back and build the walls, or whether it be that of the position given to Joseph that we see in uh, that God, uh, the people, had, uh, the evil workers had uh, determined evil, God planned it for good. Uh, we see also uh, people like Daniel and the rule and authority that he had as well, and uh, certainly uh, Obadiah as well during the time of Elijah being engaged for such a time as this. Let me leave you with a good news story here. This is a pregnancy center, Decatur, Texas, a recipient of devotion, care, and fundraising from the White family. Uh, this is from LifeNews.com. Barry White, his wife, Lee, got involved with the Wise Choices Pregnancy Center. Uh, we understand this is about 50 miles northwest of the Dallas area. They do pregnancy tests and ultrasounds to parenting classes, post-abortion healing programs, and uh, serve uh, about 200 clients a month. Well, at home, the five-year-old daughter was hearing about this uh, pregnancy care center and the women and babies in needs and saw her parents' dedication. She came up with an idea, have a fundraiser for the center, and uh, went to their parents and came up with the uh, idea of having a lemonade stand to support the center. Well, the current CEO of Wise Choices, Brandy Hayden, says Ainsley's enthusiasm brings tears to her eyes. She gives so selfishly and and man's the lemonade stand when all of her friends are having fun at the 4th of July event. The amount of money that she's brought in is quite amazing, over $14,000. And it's all free advertising for us. There are people who live in our community who didn't know anything about us. This young five-year-old having a lemonade stand to, uh, to uh, support those advocating for life. Praise God. What a, what, what a neat story. Well, friends, our time is gone here today. We thank you for joining us on Crosstalk, not only today, but all this week, and telling others about this broadcast ministry. You can always go back to listen to programs at crosstalkamerica.com, crosstalkamerica.com. By the way, it's Friday. The Lord's Day is coming. I trust you'll be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching local church. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.